At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we are now down to 32 teams in quest for an NCAA tournament title. So, We've got a great show for you in the next three hours. We're going to be taking a look at everything that we wound up seeing in the round of 64, turning it forward to the round of 32, taking a look at all the games that we've got for Saturday. And we're going to be taking a look at a couple lesser games as well because we've got the NCAA tournament going on, but we've got three NIT games. We've got the CBI that's starting up, and then we've got something called the Basketball Classic this year as well. Unfortunately, we don't have the Vegas 16 this year, the one year that they wound up having it. There were eight teams in the Vegas 16, which sort of tells you why it only wound up lasting one year. But that said, got a lot of hoops that are going to be coming your way the next three hours. But first things first, let's take a look at the last game that wound up wrapping up and take a look at what we're going to be getting on Sunday as Wisconsin. They're able to get the job done, but I saw many people on social media wound up having the points with Colgate. I had a plus eight myself that was able to come through as Wisconsin gets a seven point win. Lots of sweat. You were hearing it from our good friend Tim Murray on the nightcap. He was certainly on Colgate catching the points, and Colgate calls a timeout, but they decide not to foul at the end. Total of 140 goes under, as this is a 67-60 to 60 final, and now that sets up Wisconsin versus Iowa State, an Iowa State team that they were able to get the job done in. One of the uglier games that we wound up seeing on Friday. Certainly not as bad as Loyal Chicago versus Ohio State. That was... And completed our calamity. Loyola Chicago, by the way, according to ESPN, I believe it was Stats and Info that wound up tweeting this out. Loyola Chicago, first team in the history of the NCAA tournament to shoot 30% or worse from two-point range, three-point range, and a free-throw line. So that was not necessarily great. But I take a look at what Iowa State was able to do. They were able to put together a WS. They wound up having a 7 of 11 three-point shooting performance out of Tyrese Hunter. That allows them to be able to get it done as they were able to get that win by a count of 59 to 54. Total wound up going from 124 and a half to 129. So, I mean, off the opener, you wound up getting right around four to four and a half points worth of value and just did not wind up getting there whatsoever as neither team could wind up hitting water if they fell out of a boat. LSU went down to a three-point favorite at the close and just could not wind up getting anything to wind up falling in that one. And it does certainly beg the question as to what, when will we see LSU back in the NCAA tournament? Because, well, Wade, 
as we know, he wound up having a integral part of that LSU team. He winds up getting canned, just days before the NCAA tournament. So you've got your question marks there. But when it comes to Iowa State versus Wisconsin, this is an opener that is just coming on the board. I was seeing a total of 123 and a half, and you were seeing Wisconsin finding themselves as a favorite of three and a half points. And I think that that's a little bit too short, considering that you're going to have this game that's going to be taking place in the great state of Wisconsin. You've got yourself a Badgers team that has really been able to do a good job whenever they have been within their home state. Now, Johnny Davis, ironically enough, when he's been away from the state of Wisconsin, actually averages 22 and a half points per contest, has been shooting darn near 40% from three-point range away from Wisconsin coming into tonight, was shooting 24% from three-point range within the state. I think that that's a little bit of an outlier, but when it comes to this Iowa State team, you just can't expect Terry's Hunter to be able to go, once again, 7-11 from three-point range. He's a very good player, a guy that is able to generate a lot of seals, a guy that plays some of the better defense out there in all of college basketball. That said, he wound up having three, he wound up having a performance of three threes just once all season, never exceeded three. So I think that you're going to need to look to other options if you're Iowa State to be able to generate a little bit of offense. And got a Wisconsin team that you had to like what you wound up seeing out of Johnny Davis in this game because he wound up dealing with a little bit of an ailment. That was a big reason why they wound up losing that game to Nebraska in the Big Ten tournament. You can tell that he certainly just was not himself. And then in this one, he wound up being able to put up a very nice performance. So that was very encouraging. And it was a Colgate team in which they were a very game opponent. They wound up being able to hang in there and were covering for pretty much 39 minutes and some odd seconds before things wound up getting a little bit hairy late. But Davis, 25 points, eight rebounds. That was very solid. But what else I think is going to be a key for Wisconsin? Because we always talk about Johnny Davis, and rightfully so. With a player that's on the court versus off the court, I would argue that Johnny Davis affects his team as much as any player in all of college basketball. The other one that you could put in there, Oscar Sheboy. But you know what? We're not going to be seeing Kentucky anymore because they wound up losing to our good friends, the Peacocks of St. Peter's. But with that said, with Wisconsin, you've got to be taking a look at Tyler Wall as well. 15 points, 9 rebounds. Very versatile big man. Was able to give you a block in this game. He gave you a pair of seals. So I did like what I wound up seeing out of Wisconsin in this matchup. And once again, the fact that the game is in the state of Wisconsin, I think cannot be overstated enough because you take a look at these teams in the NCAA tournament whenever you do wind up getting a friendly seating. I think that it is very big. We were having the discussion if Villanova wound up getting a three seed. I wound up playing in the city of Philadelphia. How big of an impact that would make, and it would have been absolutely massive. That wound up not happening, but you take a look at how the Big Ten wound up doing on the same college basketball as well. You have to be very, very encouraged by what you wound up seeing. Now, the real winners of the first round of the NCAA tournament, in my opinion, was the Big 12, 6-0. and They wind up covering all six games. You take a look at the bottom team in the conference to the top team in the conference, the Big 12, the best conference in all of college basketball. I just don't think it's necessarily a debate at this point. Now you can do top five teams from the conference because I know that there was a good argument for the SEC, but Kentucky winding up losing to St. Peter's. That wound up putting a little bit of a damper on things, and the Big Ten would still probably be live for this as well as you wound up seeing Purdue being able to win and cover today. Wisconsin got the job done. Obviously, they were unable to cover. You wound up having Illinois, and we're going to jump into that in a few minutes because Andre Corbello seems to be one of the most polarizing college basketball players that you're going to find. So 
We're going to be diving into that debate in the second segment. And I think that it really does deserve its own debate because you'll be surprised as to some of the numbers that you're going to find with Andre Curbelo on the floor versus off the floor for Illinois. So we're going to be diving into that, but take a look at the Big Ten in general. Every single team that wound up taking the floor on Friday wound up being able to win. Now you wound up having a lot of non-covers. Michigan State winding up pushing on the number of one. That's just, if you wound up having that, that's an absolute calamity. I personally was on the under, and boy, oh boy, that was not a great experience as you wound up seeing this game land 74 to 73. Davidson was down by like eight points with 45 seconds ago. They wind up having Foster Lawyer, former Mr. Basketball in the state of Michigan, winding up being able to hit a couple threes late to make things very, very interesting. And if you just take a look at it in general, this is one that you always just, you wonder if you should have taken the second half under or the first half under instead of the second half and things like this. You're just going to have bad beats like this. I always prefer 40 minutes personally because you wind up getting a fuller sample size when you wind up having to try to take an under in the first 20 minutes. You are going to be getting a lower total sense. Typically, overtime, late game falling, that is involved in the full game total. So that's a big reason why I wind up sticking to my guns there. But this is a game that with a book 15 to remaining, you wind up having up on the board 115 points. So if you do the math, there were 29 points scored in the final book 15 of this contest. That is absolutely sick right there. So, yeah, that was one that was a little bit of a kick in the chops right there. But... That said, you certainly do wind up taking those. And with Davidson, very good, very spirited season. And the Atlantic 10 in general, currently showing out well in both the NCAA tournament, not so much the NIT. You wind up having St. Louis go down in a fiery heap of smoke against Northern Iowa a couple days ago. But I think that the Atlantic 10 is proving to people that maybe it was a little bit of a better conference than we all thought because St. Bonaventure also in the NIT, they were able to get the job done on the road against Colorado in a really tough scheduling spot for them. So give them all the credit in the world there. But for Michigan State, they do wind up surviving. They're going to be taking on Duke after Duke wound up getting a win. And I know that anyone that wound up playing the points with Duke was pretty sick to their stomach with that late game dunk. They, we wound up seeing out of Cal State Fullerton. That is the final that wound up being able to land on 17. So Cal State Fullerton, they were able to get the cover. Duke was able to get the job done outright. And this is a game between Michigan State and Duke that I think is going to be very fascinating as well. I wound up making Duke a five and a half point favorite. I set this total at a 144 and a half. We're starting to see some openers coming out with regards to this game. And right now I'm finding Duke anywhere between a six and six and a half point favorite. I think that that's a little bit too steep. I think that it's a case in which you cannot wind up underestimating what Tom Izzo has been able to do in March. I know that there are some folks that are talking about, oh, he hasn't been that great recently. Well, in the last two tournaments, Michigan State has made the final four in one of them. And what I think is just so such a big set with Michigan State and something that just speaks to how well Tom Izzo has done in March is that in his time at Michigan State, he has had one senior class. So that just means one cycle, which if you wind up having guys play a full four years, one cycle of guys that did not wind up playing in a final four. And that was the team that wound up being pretty much the graduating class of 2014. You may recall, they made the Elite Eight that season. They lost to Shabazz Napier in the Elite Eight that year. So every single one of... Tom Izzo's senior classes has made at minimum an elite eight, all but one has been able to make a final four. So that speaks to just how well Michigan state is always prepared. And, and you even take a look last year, who knows what winds up happening if they wind up surviving and advancing. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. against UCLA and Purdue, they had a much better defensive effort in the game that we wound up seeing against Cal State Fullerton, but coming into the NCAA tournament in their last three games, they had the worst defensive efficiency mark. That's merely the points allowed on a per possession basis of any team that wound up entering into the NCAA tournament. So I think that that's something to take a look at. And this is a Michigan State team that's they're able to bomb it from three-point range. As a collective, they're shooting right around 38% from three-point range, but I think is really big as well. Marcus Bingham Jr. wound up getting a start tonight. He's a guy that for Michigan State is able to give you right around two blocks per contest. He's been in the doghouse of Tom Izzo. If he's able to give you even a couple more minutes saying what he, what he wound up doing tonight, wound up having 17 minutes, wound up having six points, eight rebounds, two blocks. He can be a guy that is able to match up with Mark Williams, and he's going to be able to give you a little bit of a shot if you're Michigan State. So I do take a look at this opening number, and I do like what I'm seeing there. I'm going to be taking a look at the points with Michigan State. But coming up next, we got to discuss what we wind up having in that Illinois versus Chattanooga game. We've got to be taking a look at the nitty-gritty of that. So we're going to be doing that on the other side, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zen nicotine pouches are a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Zen nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and are made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open up the child-resistant lid and place the pouch between your lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zinn is available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams of fresh nip- nicotine for satisfaction and six more milligrams for even more enjoyment. Simple and discreet, you can enjoy Zinn wherever at any time. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, and find your Zinn. Visit Zinn.com, that is Z-Y-N.com, to learn more about Zinn nicotine pouches and where to find them near you. Zinn nicotine pouches are for only for adult 21 years or older users of nicotine and warning this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine it is an addictive chemical as this is a greg peterson experience right here on visa the sports thing network and we've got to dive into it we wound up seeing a lot of action on this college basketball friday and really one of the biggest takeaways was the fact that you did wind up seeing chattanooga give a nice effort to illinois they were able to go get the cover but illinois in the end, they're able to pull it out by one point, and that means that Illinois, they survive in advance to be able to go up against Houston. By the way, if you're wondering what my opening line is for Illinois versus Houston, 
I made Houston a two and a half point favorite and a lot of openers. I wound up seeing this right in the pocket of about four to four and a half. So I actually do think that you've got a little bit of value here with Illinois. I think that people are sleeping on this Illinois team just a little bit. And with Houston, you take a look at their overall resume and who have they really beaten, I think, is a very valid question. They were able to do a solid job tonight against UAB, and no question, it's a Houston team that is very well coached. Kelvin Sampson, one of the best in the business. He certainly does a very solid job, but for Houston, I just think that four and a half is a little bit too loftier in this spot for them. So I do think that you want to be taking a look at that, and I do think that it's just a little bit too lofty, in my opinion, with Houston. But we've got to talk about Illinois and what we wound up seeing in that game against Chattanooga because Chattanooga winds up getting up by a count of 20 to 6 very early. And I know that this has been a blaze on social media. I was answering a lot of questions about it myself. And if there is something that you want me to dive into on the show, at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. That is at GUnit underscore 81 on Twitter. I'm more than happy to take any questions. We're going to be diving into all the games for Saturday, so have no fear. If you want me to break down games, that'll be coming a little bit later. So I've got you guys covered on all these throughout the experience, but that said, I know that what really wound up lighting things ablaze was the play of Andre Curbelo, because coming into this game, when Andre Curbelo plays at least 20 minutes for Illinois, it's an Illinois team that straight up was three and six when he wound up playing fewer than 20 minutes, six and two and 13 and one completely without him. Now, a lot of those games in which they wound up going 13 and one, they were against a little bit of lesser competition. I do think that that's very valid. If you take a look at just at the nitty gritty of things, when Andre Cabrillo did not wind up playing at all, the wins wound up coming against Jacksonville or Jackson state, UT Rio Grande Valley, Notre Dame, Rutgers, Iowa state, St. Francis, Missouri, Minnesota, Maryland, Nebraska, Michigan, Michigan State, and Northwestern. What I find right there is that, hey, you've got, I believe, five NCAA tournament teams in there that they wound up being able to defeat without Andre Curbelo playing. Here's what has wound up happening with Andre Curbelo playing at least 19 minutes because I, what I wound up finding in my little bit of advanced research is that there were a lot of games in which we wound up playing 19 minutes. I think that it's fair that we wind up putting these in there. Here are the wins that Illinois has. They were able to win today against Chattanooga and to Andre Curbelo's credit. Very good on the defensive side of things. We're going to dive into the offensive side of things in a minute, but he was an absolutely tremendous defender, and this is a guy that has all the talent in the world. I will say this right now. I do not know him as a person, but I'm sure that he's a very hard worker. I'm sure that he's doing everything humanly possible, and he is a very gifted athlete. So we're going to get that right off the top. But with that said, here are the wins. Kansas State, Michigan. Today against Chattanooga, Iowa, Arkansas State. The losses, Indiana, Cincinnati. They lost to Purdue twice. Marquette, now the caveat on that is that that was a game in which you did not wind up having Kofi Coburn in the fold. I do think that that is something that should be stated. They also did wind up losing against Rutgers. That was at the rack, and then they wound up losing against Ohio State as well. If you're taking a look at Illinois and their 12 games against the spread in which Andre Cabello winds up playing at least 19 minutes, 2-10 and 10 against the spread. And... I know that someone was asking, is this opening numbers? Is this closing numbers or what have you? I made sure to take a look at things, how the line movement was in all 12 of these games, whether you wind up taking an opening number, whether you wind up taking a closing number, or if you wind up taking something in between. It's pretty much anything other than maybe just like a badly inflated in-game number. It was 2-10 against the spread. So it's an Illinois team that I think that they are just honestly worse whenever he's out there on the floor. Now, I know that a lot of people are bringing up the fact that with Andre Corbello out there on the floor, 
the plus minus of him was 15 and Illinois really passed that they didn't do a whole like lot but Keep in mind, Chattanooga just wound up having that big giant run at the beginning of the game. If Andre Corbell wouldn't have been out there, Chattanooga was just doing for a regression in general. And you just find this in college basketball. There are just some times in which you're not going to get a regression. I mean, we saw it with like Notre Dame today. Cormac Ryan winds up going 7 of 9 from three-point range. Tyrese Hunter for Iowa State. He winds up going 7 of 11 from three-point range. There are just some times in which you don't wind up getting regression in a game. To that, you just tip your hat to the guy that winds going off and you just move on to your next bet and you just chalk it up as a little bit of an outlier. I mean, I was someone that I was feeling very bullish about against. Uh, I was feeling very bullish about UConn. We wound up seeing New Mexico State, a team that was shooting 32.5% from three-point range, go 11 of 17 from three-point range. There are just strange things that wind up happening. This is a one-and-done tournament, and it certainly is one of those cases in which you're going to have some things not go your way with regards to some of these bets. You just wind up moving on from that. But with that said, with Illinois, they've just really shown their hand that this is a team that, with Andre Curbelo out there, they're just not necessarily the same. And a big reason why Curbelo has been getting more minutes recently is because Jacob Granderson has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. He did wind up coming in off the bench for Illinois today. You tell that he wasn't necessarily himself, did not wind up taking a single shot. Did have three rebounds and two assists, only one turnover. But you take a look at what a, the function of a point guard is. And the function of a point guard, in my opinion, is always trying to run efficient offense. Obviously, a big part of it is defense as well. Andre Cabello checks that box, did an absolutely tremendous job on defense. But that said, you take a look at it and Andre Cabello in 30 minutes wound up having five points, six turnovers, and went one of seven from the floor. And just take a look at the shot selection in general. It's not necessarily that great. I do have to question Illinois moving forward with him. Once again, I am going to be taking a look at the points with the current number that we're seeing. Like I said, with Houston versus Illinois, this is a number that right now I'm finding in a lot of places right around a four and a half. I am setting this line at three personally, but I don't think that there is much fussing about it that with Andre Corbello out there on the floor, this has just not been the same Illinois team. They do a better job on defense, but the offense, it takes a precipitous fall. And what you're able to do with this data as well is you take a look at a lot of these games that Illinois has played when Andre Corbello is getting a lot of minutes and quite a few of them have been a little bit lower scoring. I think that we can wind up tossing out the Arkansas State game at the beginning part of the season. That was a game in which it wound up happening without Kofi Garburn as well. So that does wind up having that as a little bit of an outlier with just a wide variety of different situations. But you take a look at these games, which Andre Corbello is seeing quite a few minutes. And I mean, that Indiana game that you wind up seeing in the Big Ten tournament, 65-63. That is a game that winds up going comfortably under. The Iowa game of 74-72, another game that winds up going comfortably under. Now, you wind up seeing a couple games in the month of February in which there were a couple overs on. That would be the Michigan and the Ohio State games. Those were games in which you wind up seeing a whole lot of scoring. There was really no chance for an under in that one. But even take a look at that Purdue game. I think that that was a total in which you wind up seeing in the 150s. I might be mistaken on that one, but I think that that was actually a 140s game. So that was one in which the total did wind up going over on that. So in fairness, that is another game that it did wind up going over the total. But Cincinnati game winds up going comfortably under. Marquette game goes comfortably under the total. So you wind up seeing a lot of unders in games in which you wind up having Andre Corbello play more than 20 minutes. And we're just noticing it recently when you wind up having Andre Corbello play more minutes. The Illinois defense has been much better, but the offense it tends to be a lot more stagnant as well. So I think that you're able to look at that with two different prongs as well, because you've got a lot of turnovers. You've got a lot of forced turnovers as well. And also a lot of forced pad shots on one end and a lot of 
force fed shots on the other end so i think that that's really interesting to take a look at now they're going to be going up against the houston team that they rebound the heck out of the ball and a big elixir to that is going to be kofi coburn an immovable object down low guy that wound up having a double double today guy that is in my opinion just one of the best big men in all of college basketball and i do think that illinois does stand a fighting shot in that game against houston of being able to pull off the outright win like I said, wanted making Houston a slight favorite, but I'm going to be taking a look at the points personally. But I do think that it is a case in which you want to be taking a look at Andre Carbello's usage. If you think that he's going to be used for a lot of minutes, you wind up shading your totals down a little bit more. If you think that he's going to be relegated to the bench a little bit more, maybe you wind up setting a little bit of a higher total because we've been noticing that as well. And I think that it's just very important when it comes to just taking a look at this in general of even if you have a little bit of thoughts as to a player whether it be positive negative or indifferent to try to when you're winding up doing your handicap and your handicap only be as objective as humanly possible take all bias out of it because i think that it is incredibly important and look at the numbers and the numbers only and speaking of the numbers we've got numbers for saturday's college basketball action we're going to start running through these games that we're going to be seeing in the round of 32 next right here on the greg peterson experience right here on vsin the sports bank network Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Take another shot at March Mania Moolah with the KFC Second Chance of Fiverr Pool. Make winning picks throughout the tournament to claim your share of $20,000. Head over to DraftKings.com slash KFC hyphen March hyphen mania. So you've got two hyphens in there now to be able to join in on the action. KFC, it's finger looking good. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Fitting that we've got a KFC read there as hopefully we're going to be eating on Saturday as it's going to be a very great slate of action. It's going to be starting off with Baylor versus North Carolina. I'm going to be hitting upon that game as the first one in the 11 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern time hour. I'm going to be writing that up for DK Nation. So we're going to be hitting upon that one in about 30 or so minutes. So I've got you guys covered there, but we're going to be starting out out there on the East Coast. We're going to be going with Maryland versus Richmond. I know that not a lot of people are going to be using the rotation numbers as much because there's fewer games to be able to follow, but this is at the top of the board. This is 783, 784. And with Richmond, you're finding them, depending upon where you look, right around a two and a half to a three point underdog. I've seen a couple two and a half winding up popping. I've been seeing mostly threes throughout the last few days and total on this game, you're going to be getting it right around 134 to 134 and a half. And I think that it's really interesting to take a look at this handicap because Richmond has been a team that's been a little bit all over the place. There was a lot of expectations on Richmond coming into the season. They wound up falling off the table a little bit and now they've been able to rise up here late. It is a team that I know that there's a lot of folks that they like to be able to back very experienced rosters. This is one of the most experienced rosters in all of college basketball. I think that everyone except for one player is in their fourth year or greater when it comes to Richmond because you've got Jacob Gilliard, who is the all-time leader with regards to steals in college basketball. Tyler Burton is a guy that I believe is a third-year guy. I think that he's a junior. He might be a little bit older, but I believe that this is one of your cases of a true third-year junior, but 
You've also got out there Nick Sherrod, someone who's been just around the block for a very long time for this team. Grant Golden, it feels like, has been in college basketball since I was in college. And then you've got Nate Kao, who's in his fifth year as well. So you got a very experienced team. But you take a look at this Providence team, and I feel like they're getting a little bit disrespected in this spot because you take a look at just some of the like-minded opponents that Richmond wound up playing. I mean, they were, Richmond was when they wound up playing against Mississippi State earlier in the season in the Bahamas Classic, right around a one and a half to a two-point underdog against Mississippi State. So you've pretty much seen with everything that Providence has been able to show this year as compared to a Mississippi State team that, well, they wound up making the NIT, they're pretty much a point better than them. That I just can't buy into that. Now, this is a Providence team that, have they gotten lucky? Absolutely, they have. I mean, I think that even the biggest Providence fans would be able to tell you that this has been a team that has gotten some breaks to go their way. But if you take a look at the South Dakota State game, there's no question that Providence was by far the better team out there. And that was against the South Dakota State team that was number one in all of college basketball. The guys points scored on a per possession basis. They were the by far number one team in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Over 44% from distance. Now with Richmond, what this team does very well is they don't shoot themselves in the foot. This is a team that they rank in the top 15 in all of college basketball. Their guards are turnovers on a per-possession basis, and depending on the day that you've looked, it's pretty much in the top 10 as well. So Richmond is a team that they do a good job of taking care of the ball. I did mention it a little bit earlier with Jacob Gillier, a guy that's averaging three seals per contest. That is number one in all of college basketball. And as a matter of fact, among Division I players ever play the game, number one in terms of total seals. So that is something that you're able to really rely upon for Richmond. But you take a look at Jared Bynum. This is someone that has been around the block for this Providence team. And he has been absolutely white hot from three-point range, shooting in the pocket of about 42% from three-point range and has really been able to save his best here in the latter stages of the NCAA tournament and the season in general, because this is a gentleman that last year he wound up shooting right in the neighborhood about 15% from three-point range. Now, do I think that Jared Bynum is as well as he's been able to shoot this year? I think that this has been a little bit of an admiration. I think that he's gotten a little bit fortunate with shooting well above 40% from three-point range. Was he as bad as the sub-20% percentage that he wound up having last year? Absolutely not. And with Jared Bynum, he really has been a little bit of an X factor for this team down the stretch. A Providence team that they wound up being able to win the regular season out there in the Big East. Now, you take a look at teams in the NCAA tournament from the Big East, it hasn't necessarily been going the world's greatest for them. You wind up seeing UConn go out to New Mexico State. You also did wind up seeing Seton Hall just get completely waxed against a TCU team that we're going to call it what it is. They're not necessarily great on offense. Villanova obviously was able to get the job done. They were able to advance in the round of 32. But I do take a look at this Providence team with having all that you've got with Al Durham down with Nate Watson down low. That's very beneficial. Guy that's able to give you right around 15 points, five rebounds per contest. You've been able to have Justin Manai give you five rebounds per game. And then Noah Horkler just brings you a little bit of an added dimension as well. A guy that's able to chip in there 10 points, eight rebounds at six foot eight. He's able to shoot 40% from three point range. But I would argue with Bynum, where he really got cooking is in the beginning of the month of February. If you take a look, February 1st on, last 11 games for this team, he's really been coming off the bench in a lot of these games, but last 11 games for Providence, Jared Bynum, 18 points, 3.8 assists, four rebounds, shooting 47.5% 
from three-point range. It is absolutely ridiculous what this guy is doing in seven of those games in a road and neutral court environment. So he really has added another dimension, especially with injuries to Al Durham. Al Durham is now back and fully healthy for this team. He's able to give you 13 points per contest. Then you take a look at the flip side for the Richmond Spiders, and you do have a pair of big men. That'd be Tyler Burton along Grant Golden. These two guys are able to do a very solid job. They're able to give you 31 points per contest with Golden. He has been able to give you three assists per game. Being someone that's six foot ten. Six foot 11-ish, that is very beneficial for this Richmond team. So it does give them a little bit of an added dimension there. And what I'm saying a little bit earlier in the show, I think that what we're finding is that the Atlantic 10 was a little bit underrated this year. You're taking a look at these teams that want to making the NIT. And I would argue that if Dayton would have had Malachi Smith and they're a team that they very nearly knocked off Richmond out there in the Atlantic 10 tournament, if it wasn't for the fact that Smith gets hurt Richmond probably doesn't even find themselves in the NCAA tournament but Dayton would have probably been able to win a game in the NCAA tournament St. Bonaventure wound up being able to go on the road to Colorado they wind up winning a game in the NIT you've also seen it with Davidson they very nearly knock off Michigan State so I mean it's an it's a Atlantic 10 that I feel like a lot of people wound up souring on them because you didn't wind up seeing these teams like George Mason necessarily have the most rambunctious Atlantic 10 slates, but I would argue that maybe you wind up seeing some teams winding up beating up on each other. So I do think that it's an Atlantic 10 that has been a little bit disrespected, but at the same time, speaking of getting disrespected, that's exactly what you're finding with Providence right now. This is a bunch of, I feel like they should be a little bit more of a favorite in this spot. I wound up setting it at a four and a half and what you're also going to find with Richmond is that this is a team that they're now firing on all cylinders on defense. They have given up 70 points or fewer in each of their last five contests, so they've been able to do a very good job on that side of the ball. You've got a Providence team that they have been giving up a couple more points recently, but then you take a look at the game against South Dakota State, and, well, against the Jackrabbits, they were able to do an absolutely terrific job there, so I do think that this is going to be a team that's going to come to play Providence, a team that's in the bottom 75 with regards to total possessions per game. They're a team that they really do like to slow things down, and it's a Providence team that they do hang their hat on being able to get to the free throw line. 21.1% of their points come from made free throws as a second highest mark of any team that want to make the NCAA tournament. Only team that's higher is Arkansas with Richmond. You've got a team that given up 68 points or fewer in seven out of their last eight games with regards to fouls on a per possession basis. They are in the bottom 30. So I think that you're going to see yourself getting a nice little slog in this game. I like the under. I wound up setting my total at a 132 and a half. And with regards to this Richmond team, I want to say them as a four and a half point underdog. Richmond is a team that they've got experience. So I think that you need to respect that. But at the same time, this is a Providence team that they've got done time and time again. And I think that a very valid question that always comes up with a team like Providence, a team that has been able to pull out a lot of close games. I think that Wisconsin is a team that you could put in the same vein as well as how do you wind up tracking these teams that they do wind up being able to pull off late games. And I do think that you need to take a look at the track record of these coaches. Like you take a look at Ed Cooley, for example, at Providence. He is one of the best coaches in tight games that we've found in the last five years. In the last five years, in games that have been decided by five points or fewer that have been decided late in games, I believe that he's got a win percentage that is above 65%. Ed Cooley does a good job of being able to get his teams to be able to execute late. And that is something that you do want to be taking a look at because it is a Providence team that they certainly have been having a lot of those sort of just ping pong sort of games in which they wind up being able to go either way. And you do take a look at Richmond and they've been able to do a good job of being able to slow games down as well. You wind up seeing that in their game against Iowa. Now, 
Iowa just had a cataclysmically bad shooting game in that one. But I mean, even when it came to the Atlantic 10 tournament, Richmond, a team that didn't necessarily come in in relatively great defensive form, they were able to do a solid job there. So I do think that you've got to be evaluating this Richmond team a little bit differently right now because it is a team that, once again, they've got a lot of experience. So I do think that that needs to be factored into this. But I like Providence and I do like this total under end. It's going to be really interesting to see what you wind up getting out of either of these teams if they do wind up making the Sweet 16 as well because it's going to be composing for some very interesting matchups. And what else I think is going to be very fascinating is taking a look to see what else we wind up getting on this college basketball Saturday because we're going to have some great action. I think that the Michigan versus Tennessee game is one that is going to be one of the better ones that we wind up seeing on Saturday. So we're going to be addressing that next. Can Michigan continue to be able to get it done? We'll find out next right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. on VSIN, the sports betting network. Wendy's and Adult Swim's Rick and Morty are teaming up to invite you Las Vegas locals and basketball fans to get swifty at the first ever Morty's Mayhem Pop-Up. This weekend only at Resorts World's Eats Garden Plaza, the immersive experience brings you the show off the screen and onto the strip with never-before-seen animations of Wendy's breakfast characters in the Rick and Morty universe and the return of the elusive Pickle Rick Pickle Frosty. Boom! Re big reveal. While you are in the alternate universe, fans can also play a life-size game of Plinko, score exclusive swag, and try items from the Wendy's... At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Delicious lineup menu as well. Check out Wendy's Morty's Mayhem at Resorts World through Sunday right here in lovely Las Vegas. As it is a great Peter City experience right here on VSIN. And I did not wind up going out to Resorts World, but I've seen photos of this. It's actually really, really ridiculous. So I think that that is just so fascinating that they wind up doing have they wind up having that. So if you're out here in lovely Las Vegas, I know that many of you guys are visiting for the NCAA tournament first few rounds. It is worth going out to and. What else is worth taking a look at? This Michigan versus Tennessee game as we've got 787, 788 on the betting board. You've got Michigan who's shock, shock, surprise, surprise, finding themselves as an underdog. Anywhere between six and six and a half points. I'm seeing a straight five and a half out there as well. And your total is anywhere between 135 and a half and 136 and a half. And what I think is very interesting is that you've got a lot of places that 
they are offering now exact round props for teams to be getting eliminated. And you've got this for Michigan over there at DraftKings at last check. I was seeing Michigan's exact round of elimination at minus 250. And when you take a look at it, Right now, you've got the Tennessee money line at minus 250, and you've got Michigan's exact second-round prop at minus 250. You want to be trying to take a look at discrepancies on these because if you think that Michigan is going to be going down to Tennessee, you might as well lay their exact-round prop of them getting eliminated in the second round at minus 250 rather than the minus 255 that you're currently seeing with regards to with regards to the money line of Tennessee. I think that this could actually be a way that you do wind up being able to find a little bit of value on some of these teams because I think that it is really fascinating to try to take a look at some of these, I guess you'd call them more diverse markets, some of these just off-brands in general because I think that if you're able to find a little bit of a discrepancy with regards to some of these, it could actually lend you to be able to have quite a bit of value. So I think that that is something that you certainly want to be diving into and you always want to try to find ways to be able to reduce the juice in some of these spots as well because I've mentioned it a little bit earlier. I've mentioned it on this show. I've mentioned it on a few different things I've done in general with regards to media hits the last few weeks rather than taking a futures bet you wind up taking just the money line of the team that you think is going to win the NCAA tournament and roll it over and roll it over. Even if you were late to the party in the first round, you really didn't lose a lot of value on some of these teams. Like for instance, Gonzaga, if you didn't wind up laying the money line with them against Georgia state, well, you lost out on laying like hundred dollars to get back at best $2. I think the best money line that I wound up seeing was like minus 5,000 and most of them, they were even more substantial than that. Now you're finding Gonzaga minus 250. They were minus 300 before the tournament. So, I mean, you really didn't wind up losing much of anything right there. Like right now, you've got Tennessee at 16 to 1. If you wind up just betting the money line of a lot of these teams and you just roll it over through the entirety of the NCAA tournament, you're probably going to be able to find much better value. So, I do think that that is something that you do want to be taking a look at. Like, I mentioned it with the exact round of elimination for Michigan. I do think that that is something that you're able to take a look at and you're able to find a little bit of value on. I know that there's a lot of these other ones that we wound up seeing a little bit earlier. Some of these are now off the board, but that said, I think that if you're able to find some of these in which you've got more favorable odds for the team that is like the underdog to wind up going out, like I mentioned it here with Michigan, or right now minus 250 to go out in the second round. Meanwhile, the money line is north of minus 250. Utilize that to your advantage because you're able to find a little bit of extra value there. With that said, when it comes to this actual game, it is the spot in which I do think that Tennessee should be able to get the job done. I've got Tennessee being able to advance here, and I want to make them a six and a half point favorite. Six is really going to be the max I'd be willing to lay here. I don't encourage you to take really anything more than six, but at six, I do think that it's a solid spot. You do have a Tennessee team that they do have a little bit of variance with regards to the three-point shooting percentage. This is a team that in Knoxville, they've been able to shoot it really well from three-point range in a road and neutral court environment. They shoot more around 33% from three as compared to about 39% at home. But also take a look at this Tennessee team and what they do that Michigan does not is be able to defend. You take a look at this Michigan team with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis, 234th in all of college basketball. Now, the only good thing that you're able to say about Michigan is that they really don't have any home and road splits, which means that they're just awful both at home and on the road on defense. Meanwhile, this Tennessee team, they are seventh in all of college basketball, and they really come in firing all cylinders against SEC foes along with the first round of the NCAA tournament, and their points a lot on a per-possession basis, pretty much darn near where it's been all season long. So 
They've been able to do a very solid job there. And for Tennessee, you got Santiago Viscovi coupled with Kennedy Chandler. I do like what both of these guys are able to bring to the table with Chandler and Viscovi. They combine to be able to give you a little bit over 27 points per contest with regards to three-point shooting percentage. Both of these gentlemen combined to shoot right around 38, 39% from three-point range. So I do think that you've got something rock solid there. The one thing that you do fear with Tennessee in this game is the fact that you really don't have that one marquee rebounder. Brendan Hundley Hartfield has been able to give you a little bit more down low, but he's only giving you right around three to three and a half rebounds per game. Yes, and as he popped off and had himself a very large performance. But what I do like for this team is really their glue guy. That'd be Josiah Jordan James. And I really feel like he's the guy that serves the drink for Tennessee. I want to mention their backcourt, but that said, the guy that I really think makes a winning place for the Tennessee team is Josiah Jordan James, the guy that many people thought was going to be perhaps a one and done. He was a former top 25 recruit in the class of 2019 and stuck around quite a while and has really been able to form himself into having a very well-rounded game. 10 points, six rebounds, a assist and a half, a steal and a half, a little bit over a block per game at six foot six. So he just really does it all for this team. Zakai Ziegler is someone that you want to be taking a look at as well. He's really been the sixth man of the team all season long, and he wound up having a little bit of a rough start to the season. Didn't wind up seeing a lot of minutes, but he wound up being awarded SEC All-Defense for a reason when Tennessee wound up being hit with a couple of injuries, when they wound up having a little bit of a COVID issue in January. He wound up seeing his minutes load increase, and ever since then, he's really been able to take off. You take a look at what he's been able to do ever since. We're going to call it the end of January, ever since they wound up playing Florida on the 26th of January. So the last 16 games, they will give this team 11 points, three assists, two steals, and shot 45% from three-point range. So he has been absolutely superb for the team. Meanwhile, you take a look at Michigan, and Devontae Jones is currently in concussion protocol for the team. That is not necessarily too terrific, which means that you're going to be seeing a lot more of Eli Brooks handling the ball. He was able to do a solid job against Colorado State, but even in that Colorado State game, you did wind up seeing Michigan getting down by 15 points. They were able to pull away nicely in the second half to their credit, but you have to fear that you wind up getting down 15 points by Tennessee. It is a complete and utter wrap for this team, so that is something that you do want to be taking a look at now. The big thing that Michigan is going to be having in their advantage is the fact that you've got yourself a guy in Hunter Dickinson that is now able to pop threes on like what he wound up having last season, so that is going to be able to help this team out. He's been able to give you right in the neighborhood of about 16, 17 points per contest, gives you between seven and eight rebounds per game. So he certainly has been able to do a very solid job for this team. But you take a look at what you're able to get outside of him, and it's going to be a little bit tough as you've been able to have a little bit more contributions out of Musa Diabate. He's able to give you nine points, six rebounds per game. So he's been able to come on. He's been able to give this team a little bit more of an added dimension down low. But that said, I do think that this is a Tennessee team that you're going to have John Fulkerson be able to show up I think that he's going to be able to do a very solid job in this game as well. Fulkerson has been a little bit underachieving this year. He's been finding himself in a little bit of a lesser role, but this is a fifth-year guy that has been around the block. He makes winning plays for this team, so I do think that Tennessee has that to be able to rely upon as well. And this is also a Michigan team that they are very comfortable playing a little bit slower. This is a Michigan team that, with regards to possessions frame, they rank right around 260th in all of college basketball. Ironically enough, Tennessee is a team that they play a tad bit faster, right around 150th with regards to possessions per game. But what we've noticed with Tennessee recently is that we've seen a tempo shift with this team, right around five possessions per game fewer over their last three contests. So as the games have gotten bigger and bigger, Tennessee, they've slowed it down more and more. And I fully expect that in this game as well. I think that Michigan is going to have a little bit of a tough time with regards to their three-point shooting. And Michigan, when it comes to their defense, they're actually a little bit more liable 
from two-point range rather than three-point range, but Tennessee is a team that, with regards to two-point shooting percentage, they're right around the mid-240s in the neighborhood about 240th. So I do think that this is going to be a relatively low-scoring game. I think that Tennessee is going to be able to do an absolutely superb job with their defense. I did wind up saying my total at a 134.5. This is one that opened up at 137, but I still do take a look at the under in this spot. I would be willing to take it pretty much at a 135 or less with making my number 134 and a half. And with that said, once again, with Tennessee, I'm willing to lay the six here. Really not a whole heck of a lot more. I wound up saying my number at six and a half, but willing to lay the points here with Tennessee. And I'm going to be willing to take a look at it under as well as you got a Tennessee team that going to be very fascinating to take a look at them moving forward. And it's going to be really interesting to see what we wind up getting in the early game as well as everything on our college basketball Saturday is going to be getting started with North Carolina versus Baylor. So we're going to be hitting that game to start off the next hour right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.